Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. So Valley Point Students is part of our family ministries here at Valley Point. We have other family ministries. That's birth through 12th grade. Our youngest attenders are meeting right downstairs during each of our adult gatherings. Our students, as I just mentioned, meet Sunday evenings. And this is all our family ministries. And today, you're going to get to hear from our family ministries pastor, Dan McGinnis. And to tell you a little bit about Dan... Dan's been working and serving alongside Valley Point Church for 10 years. Some of that part-time and the last eight of those years have been on a full-time capacity. And his enthusiasm and creativity has propelled our family ministries. And he has led that well. And he oversees all of those from birth to 12th grade. So if you have kids, they probably know Dan or perhaps his wife, Christy. And they know how crazy he gets down there. He comes in on zip lines sometimes. But he does have a true passion for helping kids and helping students find real relationships and real significance. And we talk about some of those kids that we've seen through Valley Point grow up because Dan and I have really sort of grown up in ministry together, serving alongside of each other for all of those years here at Valley Point. So would you please... Help me welcome to the stage our Family Ministries Pastor, Dan McGinnis. What's up, Valley Point? How are we doing today? Yeah, that was like the nicest things that Ben has ever said about me. I need to do that more often. Well, it's great to be with you. As Ben said, my name is is Dan, and it is, man, I'm excited to hang out with you. Excited on a Labor Day weekend? Yeah? A couple? All right. That's good. Well, I'm glad you're here hanging out with us. I get the privilege of leading our family ministries team. I get to work with Shiloh Pipping and and with our students, and I get to work with Deanna Holser in elementary, and my wife, Christy, serves in our preschool area. My wife, Christy, and I, we have six kids, six kids. I brought a picture to show you this morning. There we are. Yes, I know what you're thinking. She dresses me too. (laughs) Christy enjoys long walks in the park and also telling people that she has seven kids. (laughs) The joke's on her though, right? (laughs) We have a great time together, serving together. And I'm just thankful that you're here hanging out with us on Labor Day, right? As the summer's winding down, Kids are going back to school. Hopefully, you've had at least one or two days to have some rest and relaxation for yourself, right? But it's back to the grind, right? We're going to get some cooler weather, but it looks like we got some warmer weather next week, so that's nice. But as stuff dies down and we get back into it, um, I had just, (laughs) I had a really cool opportunity to get away with my family. I just got to tell you about it. We got down to the Rehoboth Beach area, and this was our first ever time as a family where all the kids were potty trained. They were all potty trained. I was potty trained too. I was potty trained too. And here's, here's, here's the, it's a big deal, right? If you've ever been around kids, you've ever changed kids, like when you're at the beach, when you're at the pool, it's great when they're potty trained, right? But there's always like that one kid 
that just won't get with the program. That's our youngest. And sometimes I feel like she's like a little bit spiteful towards me. You know that kind of person I'm talking about, right? Like the kind of person that just, they might not be in control, but they like to let you know that they're in control, right? They just like to let you know, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. See some of you looking at the person next to you. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And that's her. So we're hanging out at the pool on one of these days, and she just decides, you know what? Even though I'm potty trained, I don't care. I'm having fun. I cannot be bothered to go inside and use the bathroom. She's like, I'm just going to let it rip right here. (laughs) Now, thankfully, she wasn't in the pool. She wasn't in the pool. She was playing by the pool. And my wife, Christy, being the awesome woman that she is, she says, I got this. I'll take care. I'll put her in a new suit. I'm like, yes, thank you, right? And so she changes her, and then she hands me the suit like this. She's like... (laughs) Your job is to clean out the suit. And I was like, all right, I can do this. I got six kids. I can clean out the suit. Now, how many of you would just throw that suit out? Like, I've thrown stuff out before. You would just throw that suit out too? I'm like, I can do this though. It's a bathing suit. I'll clean it. So I get the suit like this, and I kind of go around the house, and I set it down on the ground, and I get the garden hose And I crouched down real low. I'm holding the suit like this. And I got the hose like this. And I squeezed the hose as hard as I possibly could. I squeezed that hose. Let me just tell you, it was at that moment I knew I had messed up. I knew it. For every geometry class, for every physics class that I have ever taken in school, it failed me at that moment. It was like one of those moments where you're kind of like watching yourself in slow motion, and you you just can't react in time. You can't get out of the way. Well, that was like this moment. And before I could do anything, it was on my forehead. It went in my eye. I couldn't close my eye in time. And it was all over my lips. (laughs) And I was so upset. I was so angry. I was like, why me? Why me? I started freaking out. And I hope, I hope this never happens to any of you. Learn from my mistakes. But if if you're like me, you can relate, right? You're trying to be a good parent, trying to be a decent part of society, trying to give back, you're trying to do good things only to have the whole thing sometimes, right? Just what happens? It blows up in our face, and it leaves our efforts seemingly insignificant, right? That's how we all feel sometimes. But the good news is this. The God of all creation, the God of all that is good, the God that sent his son Jesus down to earth and die on the cross and rise three days later so that we can have a relationship with him, that same God He loves us. He's got a plan for us, a plan of greater impact, a plan of significance. And if you've been around our church for any length of time, you've probably heard our mission. It's pointing people to real relationships and real significance, right? I just want to take a little time this morning to just focus in on that word, significance. It's a great word, isn't it? It sounds great even saying it. Say it with me. Say significance. 
Oh, man, say it like it's something significant. Say significance. significance. Yeah, that's a great word. And when I think about that word, man, it's like a higher calling, a higher calling for our relationships, a higher calling for our actions, a higher calling for our words, and certainly a higher calling for our church. And significance is all about working together to do more than we can do alone. And that's a beautiful thing when it's working right. So King Solomon, he's just this wise dude in the Bible. And he says this. I love what he says. It's great. This is um, Ecclesiastes 4.9. He says, two people are better than one. They can help each other in everything they do, right? That's just simple significance in relationships, economics right there. So if you brought a Bible or a device, go ahead, pull it out. We're going to be hanging out in the book of Exodus today, chapter 17. We're going to pick up in verse 8 and head all the way through 16. So Exodus, right? It's the second book of the Bible. So you got Genesis, Exodus, and it simply means the exit or the mass departure of people. And what we find in the book of Exodus is God's people, the Israelites, they're enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh. And so God calls out Moses. He's kind of the leader dude at the time. He calls him out. He's like, I need you to go and negotiate the release of my people in Egypt. So Moses goes and and through some incredible miracles that God performs, or plagues if you're the Egyptians, they are released and they're kind of chased out of town with the Egyptians kind of chasing them on their heels and they get to the Red Sea and Moses performs this amazing miracle where he parts the Red Sea and they kind of all go through on dry ground and then when they look behind them they see kind of the Egyptians being swept up in the sea and they're on the other side, they're in the Sinai Desert and they're only there just a little bit of time before they start to grumble. It's like kids on a road trip, right? It doesn't matter if they have screens or whatever. They just started to grumble. They started to complain against Moses. And the land they were passing through was inhabited by the Amalekites. And so they're like, oh, we just left Egypt, and now we got to face these guys. And so they're beginning to grumble. They're not having a good time. They're starting to feel pretty insignificant. And I think it's so easy to feel insignificant in our culture today, right? Because we play the comparison game. We compare like, what's that guy got over there? We compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to what culture says we should do. And, and sometimes we chase after stuff. We chase after success and athletics and, and notoriety and workplace promotions. And we want to do high academic achievement at school And some of us, if you're like me, you just want to get yourself on the cover of Garner Valley Living. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be nice. But for real, there's nothing nothing wrong with, with, with some of these things. But the trap lies when we become consumed and we become governed by these things. And it takes away from what our priority should be. And that's a relationship with each other and a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, as we look at Moses, it's likely that his brother Aaron, who was a high priest, and he also had a companion named Her, but it's a him, I don't know, don't ask. They probably found themselves feeling 
pretty insignificant, right? Because like when you think about Moses, he's kind of got this clout around him. It's just like big stuff or whatever. And then he's like this guy that just, you know, he went into Egypt and he demanded the release of God's people from Pharaoh. It's like, wow, that's cool. And it's like Moses, the dude who was the vessel of God's miracles, and he parted the Red Sea. Or Moses, who we will later see, goes up Mount Sinai, and he's this legislator, and he descends the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Like, oh, he's big stuff, right? That's happened sometimes, and we're like, whoa, Moses, you're awesome. And we think about ourselves, and we're like, we don't do any of that stuff. And kind of what it feels like if you've ever had an older sibling in school, right? There may be a grade or two ahead of you. And then you get up there and you get that same teacher. Well, what's the teacher doing? They're comparing you, right? They're comparing you. And it's either going to be really, really good for you or it's going to be really, really, really bad, right? We've all had that happen. But here's the good news. It's the good news for all of us. And that's our big idea for today. It's that you don't need to be the most significant person to be part of something significant. We don't have to have it all together for God to use us. God says, come as you are, and I will meet you where you're at. That's good news. I don't know, maybe you had a bad week, but that is good news that God is going to meet us where we're at. So if you do have your Bibles, let's start reading together. Exodus 17, verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So here we see Joshua, right? And Joshua has little military experience up until this point, and he is leading an equally unimpressive army. But Joshua, he's kind of like this, this guy. Like we all, we all know somebody like this. It's like the crazy friend. Anybody have a crazy friend? Yeah? If you don't have a crazy friend, if you don't know a crazy friend, it's probably you, right? But, but Joshua is kind of like that guy. He's kind of like that guy because he's just that friend. He's just going to go for it. He's just going to do it no matter what. He's all in. And the rest of us are like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be successful. But that's Joshua. That's the kind of courage that he has. And we see here, and we see in verse 10, it says, So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So this morning, Valley Point Church, whose arms are you holding up? And who's holding up your arms, right? I think it's so important that we never underestimate the power 
of a supporting role. That's so important. And I just love this story because like the first time I read it, right, I was like, man, this is incredible. I wish I could have been there to see it. You ever think that when you read a Bible story? Like, this is, this is incredible. And I started thinking, I'm like, this seems like this is like the first ever recordance of the CrossFit workout in the Bible. That's what I thought to myself. I'm just picturing in my head, right? I'm like, here's Moses, right? He's got the staff of God and he's got it above his head. And he's out there all day. He's going to failure. He's going to burnout. He's going for max reps. And then you got his two meathead spotter friends, Aaron and her. And they're steadying the staff. And for some reason in my head, if this didn't happen, so don't go home and say this happened. I just picture them saying like, you can do it in their rockier whatever voice, you know. I just picture that. And then sunset happens, and the Israelites win, and the crowd goes wild. I don't know. This is just a scene in my head. Figure it out for yourself when you read the story, right? And sometimes I wonder, though. I wonder, what would have happened? What would have happened if Aaron and her didn't show up the way they showed up? Like, what would have happened at lunchtime? Their stomachs started grumbling, started looking at their sundial or whatever. They're like, hey, Moses, we, we know you're busy, but we're going to make a Wawa run, okay? <laughs> and they're like, we, we know what you're thinking, though, Moses. We know what you're thinking. You're hungry, too. We're going to get you a hoagie. You want a shorty or a classic? <laughs> and they're like, we got the whole arm thing figured out. We're just going to get some sticks and prop you up, all right? Like, what would have happened in that instance? I think significance would have passed them by. We need to be the people that hold each other's arms up. Earlier, I was telling you about Moses, all those great and wonderful things that he had done, things that make him look significant. But Moses, he he wasn't all that he appeared to be on the surface. He was also the same guy while in Egypt that he murdered somebody. He murdered an Egyptian, and he buried him in the sand. And then he fled as a fugitive to Midian, where he found his wife, and he stayed there for a real long time. And it wasn't until later on in his life where God called him back. God's like, I'm not done with you. I got more significance for you. And Moses is like, no, (laughs) I'm happy here. Like, leave me alone. He's like, my speech isn't eloquent. I can barely, I can't even say the word. I can barely talk. (laughs) He's like, you got the wrong guy. He's like, I need help too. I don't have any helpers. He just had a whole bunch of excuses. And God called him back. He wasn't done. He had more significance in mind for Moses. You see, God's in the business of taking broken people and making them whole. And I'm so thankful for that. So we see here, verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. You see, the battle wasn't won wasn't won 
because Moses prayed and lifted up the staff of God. And the battle wasn't won because Joshua and the army fought. And the battle wasn't won because Aaron and her helped. The battle was won because under the banner of God, they did more together than they could ever do apart. So if you want to do something significant, do something you can't do on your own. And so for me, the very first thing that jumps into my mind is parenting. It's parenting. It's, it's so tough at times, and yet it's so rewarding. And then it's so tough, and it's so rewarding. It's like back and forth. And so our programs here at Valley Point for kids and students are centralized around the concept of combining two greater influences, two greater influences, the church and the home. And when we combine those two great influences, we believe that we can do bigger and greater things than either of those influences could do on their own. And we believe what happens at home is way more important than what happens at church because parents have way more quality time with their kids and students. And so that's why we love to provide tools and resources that help leverage that, that help parents have meaningful conversations all throughout the week. So parents, hear me when I say this. We want to see you win. I want to see you win. Our team wants to see you win. So if you're not winning right now, I'm serious. Come find me after church. I want to talk to you. How can we help you? How can we help you win as a parent? So here's my first shameless plug of the day. Like I haven't done enough already, right? But it's this. If you're a parent in the room, or you're a leader and you work with kids and students, or if you have a student or you had a little baby or anything in between, I want to invite you out to one of our Next Steps class. It's called Just a Phase, and we're going to be kicking it off September the 12th. It's a six-week class that runs every other week for 12 weeks. And in Just a Phase, we're going to be looking at the developmental phases that kids and students go through. And we're going to be looking at that because as parents and leaders, we want to figure out how we can come alongside and leverage critical conversations, critical moments that will lead to lasting significance. So there's going to be child care, so no excuses. You can just come. If you're interested, you can sign up for that in the lobby at the Connections Group table. So as I think of that word significance. I really started to like think about that word. Like, you know, what kind of like what would the origin be? Like what has to happen first? And as I started to think about that, relationships kept coming to my mind. So I want to share some takeaways with you today that have to do mainly with relationships. Because I really believe that that for everything significant, the foundation is always a relationship. Think about that for a minute. Think about where you're at. Think about, you know, the things you've done, the things you succeeded in, things you have, tangible things, material things. It's all because of a relationship. It's all because of a relationship. And so that started getting me really excited because that's all what we're about here at Valley Point Church, pointing people to real relationships and real significance. And so the first thing I'd love to share with you is take risks. Take risks. If you want to do something significant, 
Do something you don't have to do. Do something you don't have to do. We all know that authentic and meaningful relationships require a certain amount of vulnerability, right? Like sometimes we're in that place where we just need somebody to hold our arms up, right? And we find out the joke is on us because they come and yank our pants down instead, right? That happens, but we can't give up. We got to keep pushing forward because you know what? Everybody matters. Everybody matters to God. We can't give up. We got to keep pushing forward. We got to keep taking risks. And when we don't take risks, you know what happens? We miss out on seeing God work in our lives. We miss out on that blessing. We miss out on that journey. And we can't let that happen to us. I love what King Solomon says. He says this in Ecclesiastes 11.6. He says this about risk. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. What he's saying here is it's riskier not to take risks. We need to take risks. We need to do some winning here. And the only way to do that is to take risks. So if you're an engineer in the room, that means a calculated risk for you, okay? Calculated risk. The second thing is this. It's take time. Take time. Relationships, they don't happen overnight. They need time and they need space to grow. And we need to schedule that. We need to, to schedule these things that are important. I want you to be a consistent face in the life of others. If we were to look at our calendars, right, like the time we're not in school and we're not at work, like what are we doing with our free time? Does it speak to the risk we're taking? Does it speak to the relationships that we're forming? What does that say about us? Maybe you're new here today. Maybe this whole church thing, God thing, it's kind of new to you. And I get that. And maybe your first step, baby step, could be just come consistently. Gather with our faith community here. And at the very least, you'll be in company of others who can hold your arms up. And for some of you, you've been here a while. And you just kind of come in, and maybe you just go out. Maybe some of you have kids. Maybe this is the season. This is the season that you show up and that you're a consistent face in the life of a child or student. Maybe this is the season that you make an impact that's greater than you've ever done. Maybe this is the season that God shows up and and he not only surprises and and delights some kids and students, but he does the same for you, kind of surprises you. And so the third and final thing I'd love to share with you, it's celebrate the win. Celebrate the win. And we're good at this being in Philadelphia. We're Eagles fans, right? We've been celebrating all the way since the Super Bowl. I know Ed has. Sorry to pick on you, Ed. But if you're an Eagles fan, you're still celebrating. We're still celebrating. And that's what we have to do. To take you back to where we were reading today in Exodus 17, 15, it says this. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. So after that, after the battle was won, he built an altar and he called it, the Lord is my banner. 
I think in the same way, we have to celebrate milestones, big and small. We got to give God the glory for all of that. And I like to think of it as like a rear view mirror. Hopefully you all have one of them on your car. And when we look behind us, we can see what's behind us and where we've been. And we know, oh my goodness, God's faithfulness, God's goodness. And at the same time, we're celebrating where we're going because we know where we've already been. We know the obstacles we've already had to, to climb over to get to where we're at right now. And God has just an incredible and significant plan for our lives. We cannot forget to celebrate the wins along the way. You see, Valley Point Church, we're in the midst of an incredible year. Eric shared in his email on Friday, he said, we are 43% larger than we were last summer. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. But, but don't get tied up in the number. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about what's behind that number. I want you to think about the people that are behind that number. I want you to think about the relationships, the prayers, the significance, the invites, the serving, everything that goes on in somebody's life story. Think about that life change for a moment. That's huge, Valley Point. We got to celebrate that. It's big stuff. We're not done. God's not done. Our communities, they still need us. Our kids and students, they still need us. And we certainly need each other. Last week, I was able to gather with a lot of volunteers from our family ministry. We had a big family ministry-wide meeting. And as we gathered with people that work with students and kids and check-in people and host team people and all the people that work and just make our church so wonderful, I was able to share some wins. We celebrated some wins together. And what I shared with them, as I told them, I said a few weeks ago, my son, he, he came up to my wife. He's eight years old. And he said, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor. That's what he said. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. But I was like, wait, he wants something. What's he want? So I'm like, he, he either wants a scooter. He, he wants some Legos, right? He wants something. I'm like, all right, he's buttering me up. So a few days later, I approached him. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And I asked him, I said, Why? said, why? He said, you know what, dad? Because it looks like you have a lot of fun. He said, it looks like a lot of fun. And that's significance explained through the eyes of a child. They don't see all this other stuff, but they see a relationship. They see a relationship with people. They see a relationship with Jesus. And he thinks, you know what? That looks fun. That looks fun. So Valley Point Church, today I just want to take a moment as I close here to celebrate you. To celebrate you. You're doing incredible things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your generosity in our schools here. Thank you so much for your generosity on our love days. Thank you so much for being the people you are. Thank you so much for serving. Thank you so much for when it's raining on days like today that you're out there with an umbrella and you're helping people inside. Thank you for holding doors. Thank you for spending time 
with our kids and students because you are the church. You are making this a place that is irresistible because of how you're acting. This is incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Take time. Take risks. And don't forget to celebrate the wins along the way. God, I I love you so much. Just so thankful for our faith community. It's the opportunity to just gather as we get ready to head back into the fall season. God, thankful for a time with our church where we can just reflect on your goodness. Know that you're a good God and that you love us. That you have a plan for our life. That you're not done. A God that would do anything to have a relationship with us. God, I know that as we're here today, we, we sometimes we doubt that. But God, I would pray, I would ask that today you would reveal yourself in a new and fresh way. God, I, I pray that your plans for us would be revealed. God, thank you for your promises. Thank you that you have so much significance for us. Thank you that we can work together to do more than we can do alone. God, help us to be brave and to have courage and to take risks on people because you love people. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you even, we even have a reason to take a risk, to take time. It's because you took time with us. You took a risk on us when we didn't deserve it. And you love us so much. God, we love you. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.